The Talking Points podcast is produced in partnership with C. Michael Gibson and clinicaltrialresults.org. Mike Gibson and Celine Yusuf coming to you virtually from AHA 2020. Dr. Yusuf, another groundbreaking study from you, the uh, TIP study, looking at a poly pill uh, to prevent heart disease. Talk to us a little bit about what you did and what you found. Michael, as you know, 18 million people die from cardiovascular disease every year, and it's the big commonest cause of death worldwide. For every death, there are at least two or three non-fatal events. So somewhere between 50 and 60 million people each year die or suffer a heart attack or stroke. This is huge. So we need a strategy that can apply to all these people in low-income, middle-income, and in high-income countries. We know that LDL is related to cardiovascular disease in a linear fashion. We know the same thing, at least epidemiologically, with blood pressure. So we hypothesize that on top of good lifestyle advice, smoking avoidance, healthy diet, whether in people without previous vascular disease, uh, whether we could use a combination of lipid lowering, blood pressure lowering, and we uh, whether that would reduce cardiovascular disease. The role of aspirin is unclear in primary prevention, although, of course, as you know, in secondary prevention, the role is clear. So we designed a trial that took people with primary prevention, intermediate risk, about one and a half uh, percent per year for cardiovascular disease. So 10-year risk of 15%. So that's not trivial. And we randomized them to a polypill or no polypill. And then we re-randomize them to aspirin or no aspirin. And this allows us to, te- to tell us, inform us what polypill would do. And interestingly on aspirin, it's one of the first trials of aspirin where you have systematic control of risk factors in the background, both blood pressure, lipids, and lifestyle. And then we can look at the combination of aspirin plus polypill versus neither or versus one of the others. Great question. So what did you find, sir? Well, what we did was we randomized 5,700 people, four and a half years of mean follow-up. And what we found was that the polypill reduced the risk of cardiovascular disease by 21%. When we took into account that for a variety of administrative reasons, we couldn't get the drugs into countries or to patients on time, and therefore they had to discontinue it. And obviously COVID also played a role. We couldn't, we had real difficulties in uh, supplying people. So about 15% stopped the medication for not for side effects, just for administrative reasons. So we had a pre-specified sensitivity analysis where we said those who stopped the medication for administrative reasons, we wouldn't count the events after 30 days of having been on it. So when you do such an analysis, the since the benefits are larger, it's about 30%. And when you look at the combination of aspirin plus uh, the polypill together, in an intention to treat analysis, about a 31% treatment effect. And on a, uh, 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 what do you call, uh, uh, sensitivity analysis, 
which is more like a non-treatment analysis. It's a little more, uh, slightly different from non-treatment analysis because if somebody stopped their medicines for side effects, it's still counted. It's about a 40% effect. So a 30 to 40% benefit in primary prevention using very simple screening, you know, clinical things that you can get on a telephone uh, at low cost, because these are all generics. The polypill costs only about 33 cents a day. Wow. Uh, that is not bad. And I mean, it can have a huge effect. And we estimated that if about half the people who were eligible for the trial get a polypill, we would avoid three to five million uh, cardiovascular events every year globally. So it, this has the potential to, uh, to make a difference to people's health worldwide. And this could be like a platform in primary prevention on top of advice on lifestyle and avoidance of smoking. And then of course, we may have further wrinkles based on patient profiles or, or certain features. Wow, Celine, that's amazing. An amazing cost effective and perhaps equitable way to really reduce heart disease around the world. Celine, why hasn't you know, aspirin caught on more in primary prevention? How is this trial different than some of the other previous primary prevention studies with aspirin? Seems to get a little bit of a different result here. Actually, the benefits are the same as, as previous trials have. The 15% risk reduction you see is almost virtually identical to a meta-analysis of primary prevention trial. The lack of side effects, we didn't have an excess bleeding, we didn't have excess dyspepsia. I think the reason for that is two or threefold. First, uh, we had a run-in phase where if people had side effects, to the aspirin, they would drop. But that's similar to the US physician study or the UK physician study and other trials. So that obviously, uh, uh, you know, enhances safety. The second thing was we used a relatively low dose of aspirin, 75 milligrams of aspirin. And um, whereas most of the other trials used over 100 uh, and some even 325. So. I think that's the second part. And third is we excluded people with dyspepsia or prior bleeding or anything. So in a sense, uh, it wasn't handing out aspirin to everybody. We were careful in selecting people, but these are simple selection criteria that make sense. You know, you don't give a drug to somebody where you already know will cause side effects. We know elderly women tend to do a little better with aspirin. Any you know, subgroups that you saw that benefited particularly in your study? Well, we have 50% of the people were women. And I think the results were consistent in men and women. And it was consistent by age. So I haven't looked at the data, women and elderly, but we, it was quite consistent. One of the interesting things is we had quite an important, impressive reduction in stroke, whether it's the play of chance where one part of the component had an exaggerated effect and the others didn't, I don't know. But my feeling is uh, certainly we saw no excessive stroke, which is one of the concerns with aspirin in primary prevention, especially in elderly women. Mean age wasn't that high, it was 64. So it was not low, it wasn't high. Wow, that's pretty young. I mean, you know, <laughs> I think it's very young. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, Michael, is we had people with intermediate risk, so they 
needed to be above a certain age and they needed to have an inter-heart risk score like a framing um, risk score that was moderately elevated, which is not what other trials did. You know, we, so I think the selection might have played a role, the low dose may have played a role, the run-in may have played a role. Well, Salim, congratulations. Such a big fan of your, such a big fan of your trials, which really, I think really drive to the heart of a lot of what we have in this world, which is problems distributing inexpensive drugs to make a big difference in some of our underserved populations. So I'm, I'm thrilled to see your international focus and all the great work you've done. Thanks for taking time out. I know how busy you are. Thanks for joining us today. Not at all, Michael. Thank you for interviewing me and keep your one on with your wonderful work on the art. That is just remarkable. I had no idea that uh, you were into that. That's yeah. phenomenal. Thanks, thanks, Salim. And thanks to all of you for joining Salim and I virtually from AHA 2020 today.